Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here. Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Julia. And, you know, this is live here in the evening. You can give us a call and talk about anything you want to talk about. But let's go straight to somebody I asked to call in. This is uh, Matt Simon. Matt? Hi, Mark. Hi, Julia. Hello. Now, Matt, you're, you're, you're a little bit of a celebrity in the, uh, the Free State Project uh, circles, and um, I know you work for the Gary Johnson campaign, right? That's right. I'm New Hampshire Communications Director for the Gary Johnson campaign. And I saw an article, a blog post of some sort, that uh, basically points out that uh, Gary Johnson leads Santorum and Huntsman and ties uh, Kane in, a late, in the latest CNN poll, but he's being excluded again from another debate. The, uh, this is the NBC Politico debate, and it just seems like uh, it doesn't seem fair. Well, it doesn't seem fair to us either. I mean, we know that Herman Kane and uh, Rick Santorum and John Huntsman are all candidates that have gotten a lot of media coverage yeah. here in the last few months, and Comparatively, Gary Johnson has almost, you know, not not received that level of coverage. And despite that, we see Gary Johnson at two percent in this poll that came out yesterday, and we see Santorum and uh, Huntsman at one percent. So I, I think the facts kind of do speak for themselves. There, they show that the Johnson campaign, I think, has a lot of potential. That as people learn who he is, that they have a tendency to like him, and some percentage of them actually want to support him for president. So why can't a little frustrated? Yeah, no sure. doubt. Why can't Gary Johnson get any respect? I mean, this doesn't make any sense to me. Um, he is was the two time governor of New Mexico. He has the uh, the superlative of being the veto veto-ness governor of any governor that was in um, office at the time. And I'll bet you he's the veto veto-ness governor in in United States history. And uh, he, so he vetoed more than seven hundred bills while he was in office. That to me says fiscal conservative with a track record that you can believe in. And all these other candidates, I mean, he's got as much executive, ex- more executive experience than I think any other candidate out there. Um, you know, maybe Polenti. Why was Polenti getting um, coverage when he wasn't? I just don't understand. Why wasn't Gary, Go- uh, why hasn't Gary Johnson gotten his due? <laughs> well, it, you know, it, it does make sense that a governor who left office January 1st of 2003 and who hasn't stayed in the public limelight. You know, he's never really a nationally known figure to begin with, and Mm -hmm. we knew that it was going to be a big hurdle to introduce him to the entire country and say, hey, this guy was governor for eight years of New Mexico. He did a great job. Here, take a look at his record. See what he's all about. And that's a process that takes some time. So we knew that it'd be out of the gate, there would be challenges. But, you know, this seems to be every, you know, we, we seem to be showing a lot of success on the ground. I mean, Governor Johnson was just in New Hampshire for nine days this past week, and, you know, day after day, people hear him speak, they say, wow, I've never heard of you. Where have you been? Why aren't you on TV all the time? So we feel like we have a lot of traction with what we're doing on the ground, and we're just waiting to see that trickle up into the poll numbers, and here we do see it at 2%. 
Absolutely. I, I just, you know, and his numbers are going up as time goes by. Uh, he's got a long way to go. And I obviously, to me, he was the most, uh, you know, supportable candidate um, when, when things started out here. And I'm just, I'm, I'm really kind of disappointed. I know that when people hear, um, hear his message that it, uh, it resonates with them. But the media, for some reason, is just treating him like that crazy guy with the Viking helmet that runs every year in New Hampshire. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just don't understand. Well, yeah, some some media outlets may have treated him like the guy with the Viking outlet helmet, but I think for the most part we've been treated well, particularly by the New Hampshire media, the local media. Mm-hmm. Yes, to that's true. On us, just like just like any other candidate, and it's yeah. just been getting into these debates at the, at the national level, which are a pretty big deal. They're not the hugest deal, but of course it's a credibility thing. If you're yeah. not in the debates, then people say, "Well, you're not in the debates, so how can you be?" a top-tier candidate, whatever that even means. Sure. And what the polls say to me, Mark, I read not just the, the first line, but the whole poll. And what the polls say to me is that people are just beginning to start paying attention to this race. Yeah. They don't know who they're supporting yet. The vast majority, if you ask them, are undecided. They're waiting to see how it's all going to shape up, and they're taking time to actually get to know the candidates. And that's all we can ask for is get to know Gary Johnson and if he's your first choice, vote for him. And if he's not, vote for somebody else. That's all we want from the process. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is I, I, I think you're right. I think it is anyone's uh, you know election at this point. I think it's beginning to get late to get in. You know, so there's people that are dithering on the fence, Palin and, and those kind of folks. But it seems like they're getting it's getting to be time. It's the end of August now. I, I think the New Hampshire primary is probably the beginning of February. Is that right? As it stands, it looks like middle of February, unless somebody jumps the gun in front of us, in which case, of course, New Hampshire would move to become first. Into its God-given right uh, to be the, the first uh, <laughs> primary in, in the nation. And, uh, you know, I I think that it, it seems like you're right, that the people are looking to see how things shape up. And it's really just entirely unfair, to, in my opinion, that uh, in, NBC and Politico would exclude him from the debate when he's beating the guys, you know, several of the guys that are in the debate. Well, think about it this way, Mark. They, they want to come up with a, with a way to choose the quote-unquote credible candidates that have a chance at the nomination. Right. So their process for this debate was you have to have gotten 4% at any time in any poll. I see. So this is including a couple of candidates. I mean, when, like, for instance, Huntsman hit 4 or 5% in one poll when he splashed out there and was on the cover of every magazine for a couple of weeks. Right. And, you know, he back got 5% everybody... for a minute. Now he's back to 1%, but, he, but he's in this poll. We've started at 0%, fought our way to 1%. And for the last two months, we've not been in most of the polls. Over half the polls haven't even included the name Gary Johnson. It's true. So I... how can he get enough polling support to even be you know, qualifying for these. And it's not just this debate coming up next week. There are two more coming up uh, in September. It's it's about to start fast and furious. So yep. we're really looking to get the numbers up, try to get to 3 to 4 5%, try to show signs of progress in, in a bigger way. And, you know, people are interested. GaryJohnson2012.com, now's the time. That's where I'm at we're right really now. trying to ramp things up. Now, you know, your campaign's trying to get people to make telephone calls to NBC and Politico uh, to, you know, to, to let them know that this is unfair. And frankly, I'm going to make the calls tomorrow. I think this is unfair. I'm going to do, you know, I've done this in the past. You guys had uh, another situation. I think it was with CNN. I can't remember exactly. But um, 
what what does that do? Does it has has is there a historical um, precedent for making telephone calls to these uh, these organizations having any kind of effect? I'm not really the historian to ask about that. I, I think it has worked in the past, but you know we want to make sure that the voices are heard loud and clear. I don't know whether they're going to change their mind or not, but if you know, it's just it, it's a way to. To say what needs to be said and whether they do the right thing or not is, is something we can't necessarily control. But we do know that the media all talks to each other, and if there's an outpouring of support for Gary Johnson uh, in response to him being excluded from these debates, well, that certainly makes a difference. And, you know, we, we're trying to get the word out in any way we can. Indeed. Well, um, so uh, where should people go to uh, get this information? Hey, it's GaryJohnson2012.com. And it's what right on the front page. Uh, I'm not certain what's on the front page at the moment. Okay, but, uh, so one of those situations where it kind of cycles around. <laughs> I haven't looked today. Yep, it's uh, right here. Presidential. Um, you know, let's see. Releases web ad. Um, it looks like uh, you know. It looks like it, you should be able to get it from the front page. So, Matt, thanks for being on uh, Free Talk Live and bringing us up to date on the the Gary Johnson. Uh, campaign i really hope that this works out i think he's a uh, he's, he's a he's a great contender very much my pleasure mark thank you thanks matt have a great evening same to you free talk live 855 450 free that's 855-450-3733 is the sacral toll-free call in line call in and talk about whatever you want free talk live Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's going to kill you, right? There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453, SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Social Security versus private retirement accounts. Professor Anthony Davies analyzes Social Security through the lens of a typical 22-year-old American. Assuming Social Security is completely solvent, which is a heck of an assumption, the expected return in an investment is far lower than a private account. Go see this video and... Many more that I've picked as uh, favorite videos at learnliberty.org slash FTL. I keep adding them because I keep finding good videos that I want to share with my listenership. It's learnliberty.org slash FTL. When you watch these videos, share them with your friends and family. Share them on Facebook so other folks can see them. And while you're there, check out the Liberty Academy link on the right-hand side. It's a course for people who want free online continuing education, economics, philosophy, liberty, and Writes. It's learnliberty.org slash FTL. It's put on by the good folks at the Institute for Humane Studies. Let's go. Julia, are you ready? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Let's go to Greg in uh, Cleveland. Greg? Hey, guys. Um, 
Hey, so I had a question for you. Uh, sure. I want your thoughts on, on a word that I, I know is, is used fairly often by fellow libertarians, uh, and that's evil. I hear the word evil used to describe the state, and rightfully so, but anyone associated with the state or anyone who has anything good to say about the state, and I sort of, I start to laugh because I don't really know where evil starts and evil begins, and I think it's, it's sort of an overused word in a lot of ways, first of all. And secondly, you know, I thought we were supposed to see the world in terms of individuals and not, you know, one evil state. Uh, so I, I, I'm a bit confused by that and a bit annoyed at times, but mostly I think it's funny. Um, I wonder your thoughts on that. Okay, so I think that um, overuse of a word can make it uh, valueless. I think yeah. that, that much is true. And I think that it is unwise to label individuals as evil unless those individuals truly are evil. I mean, you know, like the, the big-time evil. But I think when when labeling the state as evil, that what they're trying to point out, and I think rightly so, is that uh, the state is funded through coercion and that it, um, you know, so therefore everything that it does, it does based upon the foundation of evil in the sense that stealing is wrong and it is a, it is an immoral behavior. And so, I mean, do you do, you do understand you understand these foundational ideas, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, I certainly agree with that. I just it, it, I guess the reason I'm so obsessed with it is I heard it so much before I would consider myself a libertarian. Yeah. And that's a big reason why a huge reason why I sort of was reluctant to admit I was a libertarian, because, you know, I heard the words evil and warmonger so many times, and I'm like, I can't take these guys seriously. Of course, you know, I realize that that's the correct description. That's all fine and good, but I heard it so much, I just couldn't help but think that, you know, anyone who's a, who's a libertarian is just so childish. It's one of the reasons and, I don't like to use the word slave um, when uh, describing how the government views its people inside of its uh, geographic boundary. I prefer to use the term surf because I don't think it's as loaded. And I think that you're right that uh, evil is sort of a loaded word in the sense that, you know, like evil, come on, evil is really, is that, is that what you call our, you know, our beautiful town of Keene, New Hampshire, you're going to call it evil. And uh, you know, that they can appeal that, that, that since it's uh, overstated that folks can kind of dismiss everything because it's understated. Now, warmonger, the, f- the fact is that you know when you're talking about the military-industrial complex and its relationship with politicians, it's difficult to view it as any other. You know, I mean, if you view if you view it in a certain fashion, which is the idea of selling war to the American people, then warmonger is the proper term to use. But once again, it's one of those words that's so big. Well, warmonger the the word doesn't bother me if it's applied to certain people. You know what I mean? People who who I would consider to be warmongers, and Evil, I, I don't know, that's not a word I ever really use, but I would agree that there's certainly danger in in using that word on a group. I mean, when you're talking about how the state is evil, you're really talking about how just the concept of the state, like you were talking about, that's what it's founded on is evil. But to say that everyone who works for the government is evil... I sure wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that at all. I think that's wrong. Well, another one that bothers me a lot... Um, and this one, I, 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 I struggled to even understand, really, is bloodthirsty. You know, I, you know, I hear Michelle Bachman, the bloodthirsty candidate for pre- Well, is she really? I mean, can't she just be just as mistaken as the people She's a vampire. who are supporting her? I mean, I, I don't... 
I don't well, understand. You, okay, so when somebody's, I understand, I understand, but I, the thing is, is I understand both sides of this statement, and so it's difficult. You put me in the position where I could, if you were making the a point from the other direction, I could just as easily defend that, and I understand that hyperbole tends to alienate a certain type of person who's intending to be, uh, you, you know, the, what they want to be is reasonable, and. But at the same time, I remember – now, I don't know Michelle Bachman specifically enough about her campaign. I try not to watch these people. But I remember uh, Sarah Palin talking about how she's going to handle that problem in uh, Georgia. By Georgia, I don't mean the state Georgia. I mean the uh, the Russian – the country Georgia. Um, by, you know, bombing them back to the Stone Age or whatever she said. When you when you take uh, McCain's quote of bomb, 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 bomb by Rand, would you call that a bloodthirsty quote? <laughs> I think that's just foolish and strange. I, but, I, I mean, blood... there were 125,000 people killed, uh, civilians killed in the Iraq conflict. You don't think that fits the qualification of bloodthirsty? You don't think George Bush gets to be bloodthirsty? Well, I guess I'm just hung up on the word. I mean, I, guess. If you, I mean, I mean, press like you know, press like I am. Yeah, I guess bloodthirsty would be fine, but I, I don't know. I think it's just a rhetorical selling point that yeah. I think is overused. You know, and it just sort of it. For, for a long time, sent up red flags. Like I agree, I, I I get where you're coming from, and at the same time, I get where they're coming from. And it's it, if you want to convince somebody of something, it's not about what words you want to use. If I want to use the term bloodthirsty and evil and all those things, I think it's fair. But at the same time, if I'm trying to convince someone, it doesn't matter which words I want to use. It's which words are going to convince them. Oh, sure. And, and I, will tell you, I will tell you something. I mean, you gave such a, a, a great response to this whole thing, and I love this show so much, and it really so, goes to show why it was that I guess you could say I quote-unquote converted. <laughs> I, I mean, all these conservative talk shows, there's a lot of good stuff, but it's just so watered down, and it's just – I hate feeling like I'm just getting sold this what, – what, what did I say? Bill goods or whatever yeah, sure. the, the, the phrase is. Uh, I mean, this is absolutely the smartest thing I've come across. It, 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 it's a shame that libertarianism isn't uh, – you know, on everyone's bumper sticker, so to speak. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Greg. Let's go to Johnson in Connecticut, reporting from the devastation. Johnson? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I guess I'm going on, what is this, day four without power now? Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I, I'll give you one guess. What do you think the reason why uh, there's no power right now? I, well, my guess would be that uh, a monopoly privilege of a power company granted by the municipality. Surprisingly, no. Oh, really? Surprisingly, no. Yeah, I've got, I'll, I'll, I'll explain more, I guess. I you guess you're holding through, huh? Man. Yeah, I'll tell all through. <laughs> well, that's kind I'll of I'll hold. <laughs> right, that's nice. <laughs> oh, God. It, it, people say I'm in charge now that Ian's gone. Yeah. Apparently, I, I got Johnson taking care of the brakes and stuff. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. <laughs> This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. 
Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. This is SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. Go to cam.freetalklive.com. You can see Julie and I doing the show. We provide that to you completely free at cam.freetalklive.com. There's a little chat room there. You can chat with the other folks if you'd like. It's cam.freetalklive.com. Julia, we better rush back into Johnson's call here. Yes. Uh, but before before we do that, are you tired of watching the value of the dollar plummet? Are you tired of banks charging you fees? Do you want to take back control of your own money? Take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. It's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. And their value? Well... Actually, I was going to say it, it seems to only be growing with time, but it's you know it's been up, it's been down. I guess it's like any other commodity out there. I think that bitcoins are poised to go upward. That's my opinion. I still I'm holding bitcoins, but go find out more about bitcoins by going to weusecoins.org. Again, it's weusecoins.org. Let's go back, to Johnson. Johnson. Thank you so much for helping me preserve the uh, the ridiculously low battery life on my phone as a. Uh... You know, I have no power at my house, so <laughs> it's it's a pain to have to sit in those coffee shops to try and charge back up. I bet it is. But, uh, um, so, okay, the, the reason why the power is out still here, um, the power company is not a monopoly. It sort of is a monopoly and it sort of isn't. They kind of get deregulated uh, a little bit ago, I think it's a year or two. And so I think part of this is sort of a, uh, an FU to the state of Connecticut by uh, CLNP, which is Connecticut Light and Power, okay. because they were deregulated. But the other thing that's going on is unions. Ah. So, because, it's, of course, it's, it's got to the point with the storm that it's big enough. It's just big enough, where enough trees have fallen down that, of course, the state has stepped in, and FEMA is stepping in, so now no one can do anything. None of the power trucks can go out. They're not, they're not actually doing anything. I mean, Why? if you look around here... The trees have mostly been cleared, but there's no power trucks restoring power. The lines are just sitting there. And why are um, they not doing it? Because they have to have the town and city-approved tree guys with them to make sure that those lines, you know, you can't, you know, if they if those lines are energized, we can't have private companies in there, even though they work around power lines all the time, because they might get electrocuted. Uh, even though they're used to doing this day in and day out, uh, they can't be there because they might get hurt, those uh, private tree companies that yeah. are, you know, experienced with this sort of thing. They has to be city-approved union uh, tree guys that yeah. are... That are uh, Once you know, the union's the in bed away. with the municipal government, it's it's really over for uh, innovation in that area. I mean, a friend of mine works in construction in New York City, and he just talks about just the, the, the Byzantine regulations. The fact that they... The regulators don't even know their own regulations, that they enforce something sometimes and change the rules. And it just it gets incredibly difficult to uh, handle. But I think the good thing about this is it'll show people that they need to have backup power sources of their own. I think what's really strange, too, is that New Jersey was, uh, you know, they had like seven million some odd people out and they're almost completely restored now. You know, so it's. It's just strange. It's very bizarre situation here. And they're they're reporting that. Uh, the power may be out here until Saturday, and FEMA's coming in. And it's like you drive around and look around here. Most of the roads are clear. The trees are out. It's yeah, sunny. We should have power. 
<laughs> it, like, it makes no sense. But, uh, you know. Thanks for the update, Johnson. Let's, hopefully the website doesn't go out, Mark. You know, hopefully the website doesn't go out because <laughs> I, I can't help you. Is the website, oh, okay, you can't do anything about it. I got you. I was yeah, going to say, sorry. you don't host the website, uh, freetalklive.com. I, I can do the bricks, but I can't help you with the website. Gotcha. Thanks, Johnson. 855-450-3733. It's the uh, SACL toll-free call-in line here at Free Talk Live. Let's go to Ryan in Tampa. Ryan. Hey, what's up? All's well. Um, I was listening to the podcast yesterday, and some guy called in, I think, from Illinois. We had a lot of guys call in yesterday about uh, speeding ticket things. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually, it seemed similar to mine, but mine didn't have anything to do with lawyers or anything. But uh, I was on the way from Tampa to Georgia, and I got pulled over by uh, a cop. And it, in Georgia or in, the, in Florida? In Georgia. Okay. And I saw the cop. I saw him on the side of the road, and I swear I looked down at my speedometer, and it said 80 miles per hour. Eight zero. But uh, he said, huh? Eight zero? Yeah, eight zero. Okay. And the speed limit was 70. Okay. But uh, he said he lasered me at 85. But, All right. Uh, being I'm out of state and everything, I, can't really, I didn't really want to fight. I was just going to pay it. Sure. And the speeding ticket ended up being $290. Holy mackerel. And just rounded off the three, just for argument's sake, it's going to lead somewhere. Yeah, sure. But, uh, I'm a college student. I don't have anything, any money like that. And I've got, I'm on my final semester. And basically, when you're in your final semester, you're at rock bottom in terms of finances. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think it will we'll finish soon. <laughs> but uh, so I paid that on a credit card. And about two weeks ago, that was like seven or eight months ago. And about two weeks ago, I just got a letter in the mail. And it stated that my license has been revoked in the state of Georgia for failure to pay a certain fee. And I was like, well, I paid my speeding ticket fee. So I called the number and I was like, uh, I got the proof right here. You can check my credit card. I paid the fee or the speeding ticket. That's what I assumed what it was for. And they said, oh, it's not the speeding ticket. In the state of Georgia, any speeding ticket that's for 85 miles and over, you get classified under the, a super speeder fee. Oh, God. And you have to pay a state fee of a $200 fine as well. Are you kidding so, me? So this was a $500 ticket? Wow. $500 ticket. And not only that, but since my license is revoked, it costs $40 to reinstate it. So it's going to cost me a total of $540 for this one speeding ticket. God. You know, when it, when I was a kid growing up, it was all, and lived in Florida, it was always it was always like Go the speed limit when you go through Georgia because those guys, that's how they make their revenue. And I, I think that, you know, to, to some extent, that was an earned statement. And in other ways, I, I think that, they're, you know, frankly, it was just that way in a lot of country places. And that's how uh, Floridians view Georgians. As a matter of fact, there's all kinds of relationships like this around <laughs> the United States. Uh, Illini, folks from Illinois, tend, in Illinois tend to feel that way about folks from Indiana and um, folks from uh, New Hampshire tend to feel that way about folks from Vermont that, you know, that's where our redneck neighbors live. And as, as if they aren't the redneck neighbors themselves. And, you know, there's, so there's these, uh, this sort of, uh, this rivalry that tends to go on in these areas. But, you know, I've, I've got to say $550 for going 15 miles an hour over. Let's assume you're wrong about your speed or your speedometer was off or something like that. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's, and the thing is, it just reminds me of, like, it's like, kick them while they're down. Oh, like, sure. I even, 
I, I told the guy, I was like, I'm a, I'm a, I told the cop, I was like, I'm a student. I don't really have any way to pay for this. I hope this is bad. And so? <laughs> point being, yeah, it's like, so? And, wow, okay. Right now I can't afford the $200 because my, yeah. my final semester, and I'm just going to, hopefully having a revoked license in Georgia doesn't hurt me down here. Yep. So I'm going to let it stay like that for a little while. I used to have a real lead foot, and... That has changed for me over time, and the reason is, essentially, I don't want to give these people any money. I don't want them to have it, I, you know, and, and frankly, unless you're on a very long trip, and you were, it doesn't really even do that much for your arrival time. Um, I, I, you know, it, it would be interesting. I think I've done the math in the past and been un, um, unimpressed by the, the amount of time saved, but if you do the math at, say, going 85 miles an hour on average, versus going 70 miles an hour on average and you find out how much earlier will I show up and then you compare that to what will life be like if I get a ticket you'll be unimpressed yeah. with uh, what it is that you gain it's not worth it yeah it, it, uh, $540 for saving 45 minutes yep and I'm not saying that uh, driving 85 miles an hour is dangerous I don't believe it is I think when you're on the interstate that going 70 miles an hour versus going 85 miles an hour is, is a mitigable difference but, uh, and I just, one ahead. last thing is, uh, I just think it's ridiculous that it's called super speeder. Yeah, I'm a super speeder. You're a super speeder. You should get that put on your license plate or something. <laughs> Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. Talk Live, 855-453-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Go to freetalklive.com. Grab up the archives. There are archives going back for five years at archives.freetalklive.com, MP3 archives that you can download for free. I don't think any other radio program offers that to you. If somebody knows, I'm going to start making the positive statement that no other radio program offers you archives going back for free for five years because I have never heard of one. I I know that there are certainly Internet podcasts that um, offer free archives that go back uh, some time frame, but... Uh, not radio programs. Um, so if you know of one, please write me at marketfreetalklive.com. Let me know. But go to archives.freetalklive.com. Enjoy them. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver and uh, hedge against inflation, investment, barter currency. We've been telling you for years to get gold and silver, and it's been going up for years. If you've been getting gold and silver, as we've been telling you to get gold and silver, you've made some money in the sense that your gold and silver is worth more at some point or another. I suppose you'll have to cash it in when you need it. But 
a great way to get gold and silver is by going to gold.freetalklive.com. We have some of the best rates there on the internet for you know gold and silver coins that you can buy. Certainly, don't don't take my word for it. Comparison shop, but while you're purchasing there. You can rest assured that uh, a little bit of your purchase price is going to help Free Talk Live and uh, Genesis Communications Network, the uh, network that puts Free Talk Live on the air. So that's a, a very good thing. And speaking of gold and silver, it's an interesting story from CoinWorld.com, Julia. Liberty Dollars may be subject to seizure. Now, we know that Liberty Dollar had this uh, b- great big problem uh, ba- back, I guess, a year ago as far as getting found, uh, you know, being called counterfeit and all this other stuff. But Isn't he in jail? No. Uh, I spoke to Bernard Von really? Malthouse, uh I guess when Ian got locked up, Bernard called and, and sent his well wishes. That's nice. So, yeah, he's a very nice guy. There's no no way you can't say that Bernard Von Nathaus is a nice guy. And he just, you know, sent his well wishes, gave me an update. He doesn't believe that he's going to be going to jail. Um, so, you know, I, I hope he's right. But apparently now just possessing Liberty Dollars um, is a is a crime at least punishable Ooh, by seizure. Ooh, I have one. Yeah, there you go. They're going to come and get you. Yep. Liberty dollars held by collectors may be subject to seizure as contraband by federal law enforcement officials with the U.S. Attorney's Office and Secret Service, said August the 24th. Statements by officials whose two federal law enforcement agencies seem to reverse the position taken in comments released from the U.S. State's Attorney's Office in Charlotte, North Carolina, and published in Coin World in April that mere possession of Liberty dollars did not constitute a violation of any federal statute. That position has apparently changed, though. Officials of the U.S. Secret Service, which would be the federal agency likely charging the executing um, with uh, charged with executing any possible seizures, would not provide any definitive comments concerning under what circumstances Liberty Dollars would be seized. Let me give my um, definitive comments. If you have enough Liberty Dollars that they think that it's worth seizing them, that's when they would seize them. I've, I'm thinking here, where are they going to find people with Liberty Dollars to seize? I mean... There are these people that were some kind of distributors of Liberty Dollars. Mm. They they bought into the the whole organization in some way or another, and they would get a discount in purchasing the the Liberty Dollars yeah. and and to be able to use them. And I can't remember what their term is for this, but those would be the people that I would target. Gotcha. They, when they locked up the Liberty Dollar organization, was basically Bernard von Nothaus and a couple of employees. Um, they Bernard, you know, basically Bernard got the uh, the employees. They didn't get too much trouble, but they also went after this one guy who was a distributor of some sort, Kevin Ennis. They threw him in jail for like two years, and the reason they did because he was a Canadian citizen. He, I mean, his case is the most outrageous thing you've ever seen, and. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You know, I mean, it's just as long as it's not me going to jail, what's the big deal? But this guy, all he was doing was buying Liberty Dollars and selling them like so many other people were doing. Which if people don't understand what Liberty Dollars are, they're just pieces of silver. Yeah. They say the word Liberty on them and uh, trust in God instead of in God we trust. And they have a telephone number on them and a website. Yeah. Uh, There's, you know, one ounce piece of one Troy ounce piece of silver. Probably one of the most beautiful pieces ever made i think that they're just lovely to look at and uh, you know i mean a lot of people demand them for that reason they've gotten a lot of uh, attention throughout time but the idea that they lock these guys up i think that i think that what this is is a warning that to the distributors of liberty dollar watch out <laughs> they're coming because i know they're still making liberty dollars really some people have not uh, bernard von Nahas, but some people have the you know the right to make them from bernard i guess he 
you know, sold them or something like that. So, so they're like contraband now. I they could very well do something bad to those people. And I oh. think it's, uh, you know, I mean, if, it's one thing where I think I've got a Liberty Dollar floating around someplace, too. Um, I have one. Actually, it was, I was given it. I, it comes with a nice story. There was a man at the Liberty Forum, the very first one, and he uh, I think he might have been blind or maybe he had something wrong with his hand. But he came up to me randomly while I was sitting at the Free Talk Live booth, like waiting for you guys to come yeah. back. And he said, hey, can you write? And I thought he meant like, you know, am I good at writing stories and things like that? And I kind of looked at him funny and he said, I have a condition I can't write and I just need you to write my name here. And I wrote his name and he gave me a big fat Liberty dollar. The, a silver round? Yeah. Holy mackerel. I know. I still have it. It's just, it's just nice just it, for helping him. Yeah. They um, they made them in you know different denominations. They had mm-hmm. paper ones, too, that were backed by silver. Yep. Of course, the federal government went and seized all that silver yeah. and hasn't returned it as if, you know, these, these bills that are in multiple colors, they're not green. Uh, no, there, they there don't is, look anything like a dollar bill at there, all. There is a green one, but they're a different shape. They are rectangular, but it's a different shape, and they have like seals on them in multiple colors. I mean, the, the, the one is... The $1 bill is brown. Yeah, they don't and, look anything like right, ugly American greenbacks, as they're called. And bef- before you say just calling it a dollar is uh, counterfeit, remember, they've got Canadian dollars, Australian dollars, American dollars. There's all kinds of dollars running around uh, the world, and those are just the major ones. There are many minor dollars, too. And dollar is, in fact, a word that is, uh, from the etym- etymologically, it's coming down from the Dutch, meaning like dollar, which is a measurement of a unit of silver. So, in fact, since um, the Liberty dollar is silver and the united states dollar is not backed by silver the counterfeit is in fact the united states dollar because they're lying about what they have i mean it's like having instead of calling the dollar a dollar it's like calling it a gold piece and you just called it counterfeit and it definitely is not counterfeit i just want to make that that's what they're convicted yes that's what they're convicted of that's what their claim is that's how they justify going after these people but it counterfeit it would have to be you know resemble a dollar bill, look like a dollar bill, try to pass it in your stacks of dollar bill. That's what counterfeit is. And these are obviously not trying to be dollar bills. Yeah. Um, from uh, just quotes here from the uh, the bureaucrats, uh, Liberty Dollar represented a pyramid scheme embedded with fraud that had nothing to do with barter or trade. What's interesting that they said a pyramid scheme and there are tons of pyramid scheme like networking scams in the United States and nobody goes after them. I don't know that. I mean, but they, the fact is they called Amway a legitimate business. So I don't think that a pyramid scheme isn't the right. I mean, what's wrong with a pyramid scheme right. if, if that was an issue? And it's not terribly pyramidish. As I understand it, there were a couple of levels that you could buy in as distributor and you would get your dollars at certain discounts basically by prepaying in. But that's not really a pyramid scheme as much as I mean, it's absolutely about trade. Well, you're because you're really purchasing the silver. I mean, it's really yours. Now, it says barter is equal and no is a, an equal and knowing exchange. And they give you instructions on how to present people with the liberty dollar so that they're making a more equal, you know, a, a more equal and knowing exchange. Obviously, people don't know how much most people don't know what silver is worth today. Um, at, you know, if I say, well, how much is silver right now? They wouldn't know that it's at, well, I don't even know what it's at, 40 something dollars or something like that. And they the you know so i mean could they say that you're trying to rip people off i suppose they could if you give them a at the time when i had liberty dollars they were about these 20 dollar rounds and silver was at you know maybe 14 or 15 dollars so they were you know they're paying a premium there's basically a premium for the the piece and everything but every time i used one 
every time the cashier bought it up. Yeah. The cashier's like, well, I'm taking this home. Well, they're pretty, and you can they feel... I mean, if you've ever held a quarter versus a round of silver like this, the silver is heavy. Yeah. It's shiny. It just is nothing like... It, I mean, it puts the quarter to shame. It does. The color is entirely different. I mean, when you talk about these pieces of tin and pot metal out there that they call coins, um, you know, what do they call a one... Uh, you know, the one dollar pieces, they used to call them silver dollars. Those darn things are, weren't made of silver. It's, it's funny because I actually work at a bank right now mm-hmm. and people come in all the time and ask for silver dollars. And I'm, my response is, you know, we don't have silver here. Because we don't. Yes. But they're like, no, 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 I'm talking about, and it's like, okay, you want one of these dollar coins? Do they mean the, oh, they mean the they $1 mean the, presidential rounds? Yes. Oh, those are interesting. I find those interesting just because I like the, I like the idea of carrying them around and everything, but, you know, they're, they're just made Right. They call metal. them silver dollars, though, and they most certainly are not silver. Interesting. Free Talk Live, 855-450 free. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. Talk Live, 855-450-3733. You can give us a call, talk about whatever you'd like to talk about here on Free Talk Live. You can also go to the website at freetalklive.com, and it's as interactive as the, the show is. You can go there and upload news stories, blog posts, pictures, whatever it is you want to upload. People can uh, people can vote it up. You can vote other people's up, vote it down, whatever you want to do. It's freetalklive.com. Let's, uh, Julia, you have a, uh, a story about skeeters? Mosquitoes, yes. This is uh, from CBS Detroit, um, the city of Warren, which I guess is just a suburb of Detroit. Okay. The city of Warren is cracking down on those who harbor mosquitoes after the suspected... people are doing... Yeah. People are knowingly harbor, harboring mosquitoes. Right. Uh, you know, it's that first sentence remind, reminded me of one time when I was like 16... We lived in Florida, and all of a sudden, we were getting bit by mosquitoes, and we couldn't really figure out what it was. And and my mom, my dear mother, had left a mop bucket out for Mm. a while, like just in the back room somewhere, and there was like mosquitoes in this water. Yeah, they will will certainly breed in standing water. So anyway, um, they're cracking down on those who harbor mosquitoes after the suspected death this week of a man from West Nile virus. So at this point, they don't know if he died of West Nile virus? That's correct. It's just suspected that that's how he died, which is the first crazy thing about this article. Mayor Jim Fouts said that those who have stagnant pools or ponds and other areas that harbor mosquitoes could face a $1,000 fine. A $1,000 Not up to, just a $1,000 fine. Now, who can afford to pay a $1,000 fine? Somebody can, but right. it sure isn't me. No, <laughs> most people I know could not. Yeah. That's going to hit you where it hurts. 
uh, you know, uh, what I'm thinking of here is the sort of the it's it, it always seems to be the news story that you see is the person who had no idea. You know, I, I mean, I'm sure that somewhere on my property is something that will hold water. Right. I mean, I've got 11 acres and and frankly, you know, I mean, you've got. <laughs> Yeah, uh, wheelbarrows. You've got buckets. Um, you know, just a, d- different garden implements, g- trash can lids, uh, all the things that uh, you know will hold water. I mean, just standing water. They, uh, you know, there's there's low there's depressions in areas of my property yeah. that hold water. Well, you need to clean those out if you live in Michigan. Apparently, uh, the mayor said that inspectors. Then that creeps me out. Like they're going to have like a mosquito squad that goes out and looks for this. Inspectors will look for pools of water in places like dumpsters, wheelbarrows, tires, pipes, drains, and flower pots. So that'll finally, finally, will be safe if they can just bring out the mosquito inspectors to keep us safe. Homeowners will be given a warning and a chance to fix the problem. And who won't be? Right, but here's the thing: for like, I just can't help but think of this. Like, okay, does that mean businesses won't be given a warning? Oh, maybe. Homeowners will be given a warning. That's what it says. So they come to my house and they say, all right, there's standing water here. You need to fix this. So I pick up the trash can lid because that's what I can think of personally. The trash can lids are always upside down. There's always water in them. Sure. I dump it out. Then it rains again. (laughs) And it's something else, a flower pot over here. I mean, like, do I get another warning for that? Or am I a habitual offender? Right. Are they going to get a thousand dollars every time something's filled with water? I I imagine some people will be so irritated with this over time that they'll just leave Warren. Yeah. And I mean, frankly, that's what's happened in so many of these these big towns in the Rust Belt. They're just not offering anything to folks anymore. Their uh, you know, their big big government apparatus uh is no longer appropriate for the <laughs> what the, what it is they're offering, you know? I mean, there's the job isn't worth having anymore. Yeah. I mean, this story, there's not really much to it. They they have here the list of, of what they're going to do, their program and what it includes. But it just was so outrageously silly to me. Like, it's, I just can't believe that anyone could say this out loud and be like, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, I had to more, talk about any it. Any more quotes from the bureaucrats on this one? Um, well, he says, every effort will be put forth to protect. That's what they're doing this yeah, for, after all, sure. is your protection. To protect Warren residents against dangers posed by mosquitoes. This year is a particular concern because of the heavy rain in this area. It is likely that if we cannot control the mosquito breeding in early summer, we will have to undergo heavy mosquito biting this year. You know, they have uh, <laughs> in Florida, oh. they have the mosquito control. Actually, it's right. a, it's an elected position, uh, which always amused me. I mean, it, I mean, does it matter whether a Democrat or a Republican runs for mosquito control? Is there anybody else fighting for that position? Uh, somebody is. I can assure you the so I mean, they would have programs to get rid of the mosquitoes instead of just saying, hey, you got any standing water around here? We're going to give you a ticket and hiring somebody at what, right. 80 to 100 thousand dollars a year. And I'm t- not talking about what they get paid. I'm talking about what they cost uh, to to enforce this. I mean, how about some malathion spraying if if that's really what you want to do? I, I mean, well, it would seem like if they're that's paying cheaper. inspectors to go around and look at properties, I don't understand why they wouldn't do something like that if it's really a problem. Apparently, they don't want to uh, to to protect you quite that much. They just want to protect you in the area of fining you, not in the area of uh, of actually doing something about the mosquitoes. Yeah. So. Uh, not really too much more here. There's a bunch of rules and I mean, it's, he, I think this guy here, he's encouraging 
other officials from the metro Detroit cities to adopt the same plan. Yeah, I, you know, the idea that they're sending once again what uh, what the government does is they send people they they, they basically en- enslave you. They they turn you into their little surf. So now you have to go around your property and look for anything that might hold water and dump it out so that uh, you know, it doesn't harbor mosquitoes. And I really don't know what they're going to do does about that... little depressions in people's land. Yeah, I I was thinking does that really I mean if you have a mos- mosquito nest on your property when you go outside mosquitoes are going to bite you. I mean I guess the concern here is the, the West Nile is bad enough, right? The West Nile virus, but that seems like it's so rare as far as like I bet more it's people It's getting more and more uh prevalent there's no doubt about it but i mean if they're if i've got enough of a piece of property and i'm growing my own mosquitoes and they're biting me whose business is it right and I mean, I would like to see the statistics on how many people die of the flu every year, because I imagine it's yeah. more than the West Nile virus. Indeed, and the flu does, the flu just comes from, you know, viruses and that kind of thing. Let's go to uh, Justius in Oregon. Justius? Hi, how you doing today? All's well. Oh, good. Um, well, what I have come across, um, when it comes to larger fines and stuff like that, they put people on a month-to-month payment plan. Oh, that's nice. $1,000. Excuse me? I was saying that's very nice of them to allow oh, you to do that yeah. instead of pay it all at once. Well, yeah, it does make it easier, I guess. But that's that's how they get you. And, and you get a bunch of people on a month-to-month payment. They pay 25 bucks or 30 bucks a month. And you just get your population doing that. Yeah, it's just everybody has to pay. It's just an extra tax. Right. Well, this seems like something they really could. I mean, I'm pretty sure after it rains, you could find standing water on just about everybody's property. Oh, there's no doubt about it. No doubt. I have standing water right now in the middle of the summertime. What? Just from watering my plants. Have you yeah. had um have you had one I mean, I'm just wondering, is there some kind of minimum? Look, I'm really poor, Your Honor. Can I pay $10 a month? I mean, I just Uh, the minimum like I've paid fines before, the minimum has been $25. Okay. Well, that, you could go a long ways at like $25. Is there interest? What's that? No is interest. Interest. I mean, that's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, any other place would have interest on it, but yeah, I. I mean, it's strange. Not a bit of interest, and if you don't, if you don't pay your fine, then they will issue an award, a warrant, and they'll uh, sanction your driver's license yep. and debtor's prison. You're done. Yep. Justius, thanks for the call. I think that this is exactly how they would handle it. <laughs> they put you, uh, and if you have the option, by the way, get on the payment plan for God's sake. Don't give them a thousand dollars up front. Uh, you know, pay them off on a month to month basis. Thinking about that amount, just I mean, that's that guy just had a five hundred dollars speeding ticket, and we thought that was outrageous. This is several speeding tickets. Indeed. So apparently, having having standing water on your property they're deeming that more dangerous than speeding now i don't necessarily think that speeding is dangerous in all cases but they do they claim sure so apparently this is more dangerous it's worse than being i mean a it super just speeder. seems so outrageous a thousand dollar fine <laughs> on something that they could find on every property and uh you know when you're talking about this paying this off at 25 bucks i would imagine there's nothing they could do to you once you don't live in their jurisdiction oh, i don't yeah. know this is not legal advice but i wouldn't think they could really come after you for the mosquito fine if you just <laughs> move out of state or whatever so you pay the 25 dollar fine month to month and then at some point when you decide to move you don't have to pay it anymore nice just i'm just guessing Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency. And it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation, 
forever. You can use bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Free Talk Live, 855-453. It's a sickle toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. Call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. We've just been talking about uh, the government in Warner, Michigan, uh, giving people tickets for having standing water on their property because they're, they're making skeeters. Yep. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch. I, in fact, get their daily dispatch, and I think I find it invaluable as a uh, show prep tool. So if news items like we talk about on Free Talk Live are uh, important to you, then, well... FreedomsPhoenix.com might be the thing you want to want to take a look at. So I'd like to go into this article here from TheAgitator.com. This is uh, Radley Balco's uh, blog. We've had Rad- Radley on the show, and he is a, a real talent. He also works for the Huffington Post. It's ignorance of the law is no excuse unless you're in law enforcement. Mike Lawler, Undersecretary for Criminal Justice Policy and Planning for the State of Connecticut, joins the ranks of other public officials who are choosing to simply ignore those rights they don't believe citizens should have. This quote here from uh, old Mike. In almost every situation you can imagine this happening in, it qualifies as a breach of peace. He said, if you walk into a restaurant with a gun, it is almost by definition a breach of peace. That results in an arrest, sets in motion a chain of events that usually result in the revocation of an issued pistol permit, he said. And that's why the way it should be. Lawler. Uh, I keep on saying Lawler said this is how they do it in articles. Anyone who walks into a McDonald's plainly carrying a firearm either intends to alarm people or is irresponsible. I would say that is completely just not true. I would say that it depends on the area, but... How are people going to cease to be alarmed by a person with a gun? First off, the people who are going to enforce this law are going to walk into that place with guns in their hips, right? Yeah. How come you put a silly hat and a piece of tin on somebody's chest and suddenly everybody else isn't alarmed by the gun they have on their hip? Well, it's funny that you say that because in my head, my first thought was, well, they can be held accountable. But then I sort of chuckled because they're really not held accountable at all. In fact, the exact opposite. If it was a citizen and they did something crazy with a gun, they would be I mean, they would be prosecuted. Punishment almost entirely, almost across the board for citizens is greater than it is for law enforcement officials in just about every instance. You may be able to pull up one instance where a law enforcement officer was, you know, was punished in the same level a citizen would be punished, but it is rare, extraordinarily rare. And, you know, if if it's the badge that makes people feel better, because you always see on TV, people have a little gun and a little badge in their belt clip. And that's what they look like when they're uh, 
their, you know, uh, plain clothes or whatever. Well, if if that's really the case, then give everybody with a permit a badge. Just make the permit a badge. Then everybody will be fine with them carrying it. Because in the state of Connecticut, it's perfectly legal to walk into a McDonald's with a gun on your hip, as it is in New Hampshire. And frankly, I've been around a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people walk in, even people I don't know, walk into restaurants and places in New Hampshire with guns on their hips. Yeah. I know that open carry in the state of New Hampshire is legal. They do not. Not everybody does, though. No, no, they don't. I've had actually arguments with people who like I used to work at at Panera and Mm -hmm. sometimes people would come up with guns and and people would say things to me. There's a guy with a gun in here. Yeah, And I would say, it's fine. You know, it's legal to carry a gun in New Hampshire. And they'd say, no, it's not. No, it really is. How sad is it that I moved here and I know more about the laws than you do? Well, they could very well be from Massachusetts uh, coming up for a a bagel or something. But, you know, I... These were employees. Employees? Yeah. Well, I see. The... You know, when you're talking about teenagers, uh, you don't take your legal advice from teenagers. No. But, you know, it's, it is. I mean, you know, there are many states where carrying a gun on your hip is, is completely legal. Completely legal. And there are, there's no real way that people are going to get used to this unless it happens in front of them. Now, I'm not the kind of guy to go carrying a gun on my hip. That's not my thing. Um, you know, I, I, it's just not what I'm into. But if it's... This is the the problem with this is is that people take you know people in authority take the law and they manipulate it into something it's not supposed to be. If there should be a law against carrying a gun on your hip, let's write a freaking law that says there's it's illegal to carry a gun on your hip instead of saying, well, you're not allowed to alarm people. Yeah, because somebody could be alarmed by anything. I mean, how about when people's car alarms go off? I mean, should this be the you know should be somebody and be incarcerated for that because their car alarm is going off? I'm alarmed. Holy crap! There's a burglar out there stealing a car. He could come in and slit my throat. I mean, the world's full of nuts that would get alarmed by all <laughs> kinds of things. I mean, you know, I, I, we read a story on an air on air about this lady who was taking her shopping cart back to the cart corral, and she comes back, and there's a lady staring at her in her um, the window of her car at her baby. She's like, "Oh my god, thank goodness you're here." I mean, this was a lady who had walked away for 20 seconds to put her cart in the cart corral. Oh, wow. And, you know, one of these busybodies had uh, rushed up to save her baby. I mean, she, you know, I don't know whether she was getting ready to call the cops or put a brick through the window or what the heck she was going to do. <laughs> but, you know, she's like, oh, dear God, dear God, it was so close. The baby could have died in those 20 seconds. You know, I, you know, this, this wasn't even the middle of summer. Wow. <laughs> so world's full of people that are going to get, get alarmed over all kinds yeah. of things. Busy, 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 busy bodies. Got nothing better to do. So let me go on with the article. Here's the problem. Uh, here, here's the problem. If you have a permit, it's perfectly legal to walk into a McDonald's in Connecticut while plainly carrying a firearm. As Gideon notes, the problem is, uh, is that too many cops in Connecticut simply don't know what the law is. Lawler's solution isn't to educate them, but to come up with creative and baseless applications of other laws that allow cops to continue to violate the rights of Connecticut citizens who exercise the right to carry. Gideon's analogy in the camera issue is spot on because exercising this particular right tends to upset police officials. And because because really what it, the reason is, it's because cops believe we're the only ones who should have guns. Yes. That's really what they believe. Because police officials aren't aware of the law, the state officials in charge of law enforcement have chosen to simply not give a damn about protecting this particular right. 
if a citizen exercising his right, and by the way, if you show the cop the law, hey, look, here's a copy of the law that says I can carry openly. They won't care. I mean, <laughs> look, I don't, I don't care what that law says. I care what my bosses say. Yeah. Because they're not law enforcement officers. They are essentially thugs that work for the man. And if the man says, go after citizens with the gun on their hip, that's what they're going to do. I mean, some of them, the good guys, will probably just look the other way and ignore it. But many of them won't. And the good guys won't do anything about the ones that don't. He's not going to go out and arrest the cop for arresting somebody for breaking a law that doesn't exist. Yeah, here in Keene, I've seen the cops called, and they just generally come and check on the situation and leave. But I tend to think that the cops in Keene are somewhat lenient on things like this. Well, they've uh, been educated on this issue, and they know that they're going to get lawsuits. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the single toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Give us a call, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Also, check out promote.freetalklive.com. If you've been listening to Free Talk Live long time, you think it's a good idea that other folks hear Free Talk Live, the ideas of liberty, and presented in a fashion that is uh, palatable and hopefully entertaining... <laughs> Go to promote.freetalklive.com. We've come up with various ways to promote the show, and you can there are a lot of different ways, and you can choose from them. Check them out. It's promote.freetalklive.com. Have you ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney, and the four-CD course is so easy the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. Jurisdictionary is all the information that you need to know about how to file cases, uh, you know, get, get evidence, move the court, do all, all the things you need to do. And they won't be able to push you around like they do when you normally just go in pro se and say, oh, I'm going to give this a try. Jurisdictionary.com, they've got all kinds of free tools there for you. And, of course, the course. Buy it at Jurisdictionary.com. When you do, remember to use the pull-down menu when you check out. Let them know you heard about it from Free Talk Live. It's Jurisdictionary.com. Let's go back to this article from uh, Radley Balco talking about, well, just how they go ahead and break the law, their own laws. In, in the United States, it's come to the point. By the way, it's uh, Mark with you. And Julia. It's come to the point that you're not allowed to do anything unless it's legal 
by that, I mean it is listed in the law as you're legal to do it, as opposed to that there's a law against it. The idea was is you're not allowed to do the things that there are laws against. But there's no law against carrying a gun on your hip in many states, including Connecticut. And Radley's going about, uh, telling about uh, a, a public official here that, that says, well, yeah, it might be legal, but it scares people, and scaring people is against the law. It causes uh, people to uh, become alarmed. And, you know, alarmed? Really? I, 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 I've got to worry about people getting alarmed because of tools that I'm carrying on my belt? Anyway. Here's uh, in Connecticut, the cops simply don't know the law. Lawler's solution isn't to educate them. That's the uh, the bureaucrat here, but to come up with creative and baseless applications of other laws that allow cops to continue to violate people's rights in Connecticut who exercise the right to carry. Um, Because in this particular right tends to upset police officers and because police officers aren't aware of the law, the state officials in charge of law enforcement have simply chosen not to give a damn about protecting this particular right. If a citizen is exercising his right combined with a cop's ignorance of the law results in a breach of the peace, Lawler's conclusion is that the proper thing to do is to charge you for breaching the peace. It's an abhorrent and lazy mindset that forgets everything about who serves whom in a free society. In a just world, Lawler would be resigning over this. But he isn't alone. Law enforcement officials in Milwaukee and Philadelphia have expressed similar sentiments without much consequence. Uh, There's one chief of police that I think it was in this one was Philadelphia. It might have been the Milwaukee one. I don't know. But we've read we've read these two stories and I think others. It said, you carry a gun in my town, you're going to jail. And he doesn't care that, <laughs> that it's not against the law. He doesn't bother going through the system. People will always tell you, well, if you don't like a law, go through the system and get it changed. As if those people that are, you know, th- th- when the cops don't like a law, they don't go through the system and get it changed. They just charge you with disorderly conduct. Well, I was just going to say they have they have quite a few of these charges that don't really mean anything that they can kind of sprinkle on yeah. when they don't have anything better to charge you with. Yes. Like uh, disorderly conduct. I heard a new one recently. I wish I could remember what it was that I'd never heard before yeah, there's in a, New Hampshire. There, there are several of them, uh, but disorderly breaching conduct. Breaching the peace. Yeah, breaching the peace is another, is another one of these things. You know, the peace is whatever the heck we say it is, and you breached it when we say you breached it. <laughs> yeah. And um, you're being disorderly when we're saying you're not being orderly. What else would it be if we say you're not orderly? Then what else would you be being if you're not being disorderly, for God's sake? And they just make this crap up. I, uh, that, that's what it is. I mean, these aren't law enforcement officials. These are law-making officials now because they make the law as they choose to see it at any given time. Uh, disobeying an officer is another one. Really? You know, I mean, if it's, if it's not a lawful order, then how can you give it to me? I suppose if there, isn't an ups, if there is an upside of all this, it's when someone in one of these uh, jurisdictions does inevitably sue, they'll be able to show that the violation of their rights was systemic and part of an ongoing policy. Unfortunately, when they win, the payout will come from taxpayers and not from the pockets of clueless public officials like Lawler. This guy is completely immune from his own behavior, and that's why we have a government that is so utterly broken these days is because these public officials don't have to care about what they do. They're not responsible for their their uh, behavior. They're certainly not held accountable ever right. for anything they say or do. And not not on the job. I mean, this guy's you know this guy's just interpreting the law as he sees it. It's fine and dandy. And 
you know, frankly, he's putting the taxpayers in jeopardy of paying out, and inevitably this will happen. Well, now, see, what's the difference between him interpreting the law as he sees it and I, myself, interpreting the law? You are not law. given the God-given, ordained <laughs> ability that has come from the state, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's the idea, that the state is the new God, and its priests are these clueless bureaucrats, and, you know, this is, they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Let's go to David in, in Minnesota. David? Yes. Uh, I, have a, I have a question about uh, immigration. Okay. Uh, I may or may not have answers for you. I live in northern Minnesota. I have a home up here. Okay. And uh, I spend about three months out of the year up here. All right. I also live in, I also live in Texas, where I'm a resident. Okay. And I, live right down on the, right, I live right down on the Rio Grande River. And we have approximately 200,000 people coming, illegals coming across where I live every year. Okay. Now, these people don't, everybody's got this misconception that these people are all pickers, and that's all, the only job they do is pick. Oh, they, well, unfortunately, well, that's not the case. They do lots of things. Welders, yeah, sure. They're welders, they're fabricators, they're, they do all the roofing and, con- and, and carpentry work in the whole country. And they have a lot of other skilled jobs, like machinist jobs and other jobs. Uh-huh. Well, you know, our government underestimates the number. They say we have approximately 12 million. Yeah, I've now, heard numbers from 10 to 20 million. Well, it's close, probably closer to 20 million. Now, we could get serious about this immigration problem and get rid of at least 10 or 15 million of them. That would create about 10 or 15 million jobs, wouldn't it? Well, don't they eat food, drive cars, live in homes, and consume things? Don't they create jobs, too? Yeah, but the fact of the matter, we've got an uh, unemployment, but... problem, unemployment problem in, the, in this country that's how do you How do you come out of an unemployment problem? Do you shrink your, an economy to come out of an unemployment problem? Or do you grow an economy to come out of an unemployment problem? Well, we... we Actually, our unemployment in, in this in in the United States of America is probably twenty percent. Now, down in the real Grand there are fifty eight. It's fifty eight percent of Americans work. So um, it it depends on how you wish to interpret the number. But you could say that our unemployment is forty two percent, if that's what you wanted to say. Yeah, that's probably closer to what it is. Now, down in the real Grand Valley where I live, it's forty percent. Why do you think those people come across that uh, that river? Because they're looking for a job. I would th- I would think so. And don't we want people that are looking for jobs? Isn't that what built this country? Isn't that what well, made the economy grow? Yeah, well, why can't we put the, the people in our country to work first? I don't know. For, for one, here's an instance that happened in Georgia uh, about a month ago. There was a news story out about them kicking out all the illegal immigrants out of Georgia and then attempting to use probationeers to pick the fruit and the vegetables at the farms. And the probationeers, in some cases, were choosing to go back to prison rather than doing this work. So, um, you know, I mean, the fact is some Americans don't want to do this job. I'd be happy to pick fr- fruit and vegetables for you, but I want $250,000 a year to do it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, David. But the fact that, like I said, just getting back to the point, the fact of the matter is, seeing we have so many people that need jobs in this country, I don't know what what seems to be the problem about getting rid of these illegal aliens. 
As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Pre-talk live, 855-453-855-450-3733. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line. If you want to move to a place where, well, people are working towards more freedom and you want to find where the liberty activists are actually getting something done, check out the Free State Project, freestateproject.org. Julia, you and I moved here, what, five years ago for the Free State Project? Yeah, at least five. And it's been, you know, I, I think it's the best thing going for the ideas of propagating the ideas of liberty um you know it's it, it's a big commitment pick up move your life across the country in some cases it's uh, just across the state line but it's a big commitment yeah. but to me it's been worth it so if it's worth it if the ideas of liberty are important to you check out the free state project at freestateproject.org sign up get involved and I wanted to talk about the uh, last caller here, and our new system doesn't hold the names, and so I, you know, I didn't uh, write it down, and I feel a little bad about that. But um, you know, the gentleman is rightly upset that there is something going wrong with immigration in this country. But I don't think it's that people want to be free and to work hard and to build a life for themselves. I think the problem is is that we, the people here in the United States, are forced to take care of not only illegal immigrants, but legal immigrants and citizens and whomever. I mean, why should I pay money to take care of somebody else's uh, kids or whatever? You know, send them to school, the hospitals, uh, you know, they're they're. They, they can go into hospitals, get free treatment if they want to get it because they don't have to pay. And especially since, well, they the government has them has it so that they can't get social security numbers so that they don't even have a real identity. I think what it should be, and I know that a lot of people aren't going to like this, is give work visas to anybody who wants to come here and work. No, nothing free. No free public schools. No free nothing. And don't make the taxpayer pay for that, but let these people build lives. Then what, what you won't get is you won't get the freeloaders, and what you will get is the people that will work hard to build this nation and grow this economy. You want to get rid of this economic depression we're in, open up the borders and let people that eat food, drive cars, live in houses and consume, let consumers come in. Because that's what grows economies like ours is consumption. And you just need more people consuming. Yes, there will be competition for certain types of jobs. He seemed to have a problem with that. Uh, that kind of bothers me. It sort of implies that jobs should just be given to you because you're an American. You know what I mean? You shouldn't. You don't have to be good at it or 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 basically sell yourself, put right. yourself above. You should just be handed the job because you were born in America. I don't. I just can't. One agree has with to that. ask oneself. I mean, when when they invented cars, it clearly was a terrible thing for the blacksmiths and the farriers. Farriers are the guys who put uh, shoes on horses. I mean, should we have outlawed cars because it was going to ruin these guys' jobs? No, this is progress, and you know you need to move forward in life. I've been fired. 
I've been fired a few times, and frankly, I'm where I'm at today because I'm not at that same old position. You got to pick up, move forward, educate yourself, get a new skill set, and move forward. I mean, or you can be, if you know, he's complaining about welders, be the foreman of the welders that way. Because I mean, I worked on a crew that had uh, some some laborers that couldn't speak English very well. I learned how to speak Spanish, and I was essentially the translator, and I didn't have to work as hard as these other guys because I could communicate with the boss, and they, um, you know, they communicated with me, and you know, in a haphazard fashion. So that's what I wanted to say. I think that this country is built by hard workers, and I think we should allow hard workers in here. Because it'll be better for all of us. There's always going to be some people that are going to complain, oh, this is too hard. I just can't compete. Well, they're not going to learn to compete by giving them something for free. They're not going to get better, and they're not going to grow the economy, and they're not going to grow their own lives if they just are handed things for free. You shouldn't be handed things for free because you're an American citizen. That's disgusting. Let's go to Vince in Indianapolis. Vince? Hi, Mark. and Julia, how are you doing tonight? All's well. Hey, I want to... I want to tell you both, uh, this lady named Marianne Gabaldo, I think you had something on your website. You may have talked about it back in April. Okay. But uh, the charges were dropped against her because the uh, Child Protection Service wanted to take her child away because she would not medicate her child with Risperdal. Was this one of those and, uh, uh, one of those sort of Ritalin kind of drugs? Uh, Risperdal is a, uh, it's called a neuroplectic antipsychotic medication. Okay. It has such side effects as abdominal pain, vomiting, aggression, dizziness, and lack of coordination. And, uh, well, I'll try that. It's just a nice drug to take, right? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but uh, this lady uh, did not want to medicate her child. CPS called in the police, and uh, the police came. And they, you know, use the battering rams and SWAT teams. They say that yeah. the police said that she fired at her, or she fired at the police. And when she didn't, and the judge dismissed all the charges today. Wow. So, yeah. They, did, did she have a gun, though, and the cops claimed that she shot at them but couldn't prove it? Is that's that right? That's what the cops claimed. That's what the police said. That they, they said that she shot at them, but there was no proof of that. Yeah. Even the... The removal order was signed by some clerk of the court, not the judge, and so the judge dismissed all of it. And remember, in this case, you know, there's no reason to bust into this lady's house like they did. They could have knocked on the door and said, "Hey, you know, we're you know we're here to take your daughter." There's no reason to do this, and it's. I mean, at the same time, I I would be outraged if that happened, but. You don't escalate the situation by busting in with your, you know, semi, uh, with your uh, machine guns, submachine guns in your hand and your gear on. I mean, this this scares the bejesus out of people, and it it turns America into a police state. I can't think of any reason why they do this except that it's fun to get dressed up and break into people's houses. I mean, I worked with um, some. Some law enforcement officers who were on uh, insertion team or something like that. Essentially, the, the the version of the SWAT team that they had, and that's precisely what they would say. These were the really the gung ho guys, and uh, the, you know this was a lot of fun, and um, you know they were rough and tough, and they were given you know extra perks from the other guys, and yeah, I mean it's it's fun. It's uh, you know t- testosterone flowing through your brain, having a great old time, right? But if you think about it for a minute, if you forget about how unethical it is 
And you just think about how powerful that you would feel having this ability to put on, you know, an outfit, carry a big gun and knock someone's door down. I mean, it's it sounds like it would be pretty exhilarating. As long as they're bad people, it's okay, right? Right. Well, that's how you sleep at night. <laughs> Vince? Nothing. I, I, I enjoy listening to you all. And uh, I just want to say you guys, you and uh, Julian. You're doing a fine job, you know, in the place of Ian. But... Ian's absence. We're trying. Appreciate it, Vince. <laughs> you can give us a call at 855-450-3733. It certainly is not the easiest, I will admit personally, Ian not being here. He has, he's so well versed at it. Yeah. I mean, he is responsible for doing the intro of the show and and there's always been kind of a comfort level knowing he's he's got that. All I ever did previously was sit there and do the color commentary, you know, and uh, Ian would say something I thought was dumb. I'd hop in and, and yeah. make him look <laughs> like a jerk, and then he'd, uh, you know, he'd go back and right. forth for a while, and I'd make my comments on the stories and, and, and that kind of thing. But I didn't have to do the real work of doing a radio program, which, you know, it's it's a little more nerve-wracking. I'm sure he doesn't feel it in the same way because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on what – we're on day 21 of Ian's uh, 90-day sentence, the, the Ian Car- Ian. Free Freeman incarceration count up uh, day 21. I, I don't know. I can't count down because on we this 90 day yeah, sentence. We don't know. I don't know get... if you heard he got caught sneaking a banana in. Did you hear about this? <laughs> Is that a banana please. in my. That, he told me the guard, guard said. Please. Is that a uh, banana in your pocket? <laughs> well, I mean, how do you answer that except, or, well, no, I'm just happy to see you. <laughs> he told me he wanted to make the joke, but the guard didn't seem amused, so he, he didn't. But yeah. He, uh, it wasn't ripe yet. He it was a green banana he'd gotten at lunch, and you're not. He didn't want right. to eat it because it wasn't ripe, and he took it, it into his room. And ripen. he said that they were doing the shakedown, so he put it in his pocket. Yeah, and uh, the guard said, "What's in your pocket?" Yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny. I gotta say, the banana joke is <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. You, you just can't beat a good banana joke. The um, <laughs> I we don't know whether he's going to get uh, you know sixty days. Whether he's going to do sixty days on ninety days or a little more than that, or I mean, there's actually been people who have done more than their sentences were, like three or four days more, because they chose to count it in a, in a fashion that uh, we wouldn't have counted it or something like that. It's my understanding that, and, and as as I understand it, speaking to them over there, that they start on the first day you come in and count that as one calendar day and then count upwards from there. So we're at day 21. It could be as early as day 60. It could be as late as day 94. And so I'm counting up rather than counting down. Certainly looking forward to Ian returning because I'd, I'd like to go back just doing my portion of this. And that's not just sitting on the microphone over there, but I, you know, I have to take care of other things that are going on with the business of Free Talk Live. And I have been just sort of making Doing two man's jobs. Yeah, that's what's happening. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com.
Free Talk Live, 855-453. It's a SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Call in, talk about whatever you want. It's an interactive show. We also have an interactive website. Go to freetalklive.com where you can upload stories or blog posts or whatever you want onto the website. People can vote on those stories, vote them up, vote them down. You can do the same with other folks. It's freetalklive.com. It also brings stories to our attention here. Instead of uh, you know, instead of having to email me stories, you can just post them up on the website. I take a look every day at freetalklive.com. Let's go on to the decade's biggest scam. This is from informationclearinghouse.info. August, uh, and, and it's a sort of a compilation of a couple of stories here. August 29's Salon, the Los Angeles Times examines the staggering sums of money expended on patently absurd domestic homeland security projects. Uh, $75 billion per year for such things as a Zodiac boat with a side scan sonar to respond to a potential attack in a lake in tiny Keith County, Nebraska. And hundreds of nine-ton Bearcat armored vehicles complete with turret to guard against things like an attack on DreamWorks in Los Angeles. All of that, which is independent of the exponentially larger sums spent on foreign wars, occupations, bombings, and the vast array of weaponry and private contractors to support it all, is in response to this mammoth existential, the single greatest challenge of our generation threat the number of people worldwide who are killed by muslim type terrorists al-qaeda wannabes is maybe a few hundred outside of war zones it's basically the same number of people who die drowning in the bathtub each year says john muller of an ohio state university professor who has written extensively about the balance between threat and expenditures in fighting terrorism Last year, McClatchy characterized this threat in similar terms. Undoubtedly, more American citizens died overseas from traffic accidents or intestinal illnesses than from terrorism. Certainly, it didn't happen in the United States. The March 2011 Harper's Index. As a matter of fact, we read a story from the uh, FBI, or basically not from the FBI, but about the FBI, and the vast majority vast like 90 percentile majority of situations where uh, fbi agents have caught terrorists they created the terrorists they funded the terrorists they gave the terrorist uh, targets to go after they they cre- they created the whole terrorist threat and then arrested the person that they created the threat for after in some cases even uh, making it so they couldn't get away i mean these people wanted to get away these agents were paid on a per acquisition basis they were paid a hundred thousand dollars per terrorist that they brought in i guess they got bonuses or something like that i mean that's what the news story said and it's absolutely insane wrong yep i mean that's right now that's what the the fbi is doing incentives per terrorist caught not a good idea seems like a really bad idea but you know so most of the stories that you read about terrorism are fbi funded fbi created terrorists not to say these people didn't agree to do these things, but would they have agreed to – would they have done this if they weren't given C4 plastic explosives? By the way, the FBI was giving real explosives to these people. If they would have changed their mind about how they wanted to use them and just gone ahead and used them, what would the FBI have done about it? It's like the situation where the BATF is giving the uh, automatic weapons to the Mexican drug cartels. I, I mean, the, this is absolute insanity to me. 
And these are the people that are protecting us from it. They're creating the problem, and then they're protecting us against the problem. That's what the government does. It breaks your legs and then gives you a crutch. The minimum number who died after being uh, struck by um, – excuse me, they're, they're giving numbers here. The number of American civilians who died worldwide in a terrorist attack last year, eight. The minimum number who died after being struck by lightning, 29. That's the threat in the name of which a vast – vast. This is the huge growth of government under George Bush was this incredible agency called Homeland Security and all this extra funding that went into it. Um, as a matter of fact, every little town in America is getting in on this this bandwagon, even the town I live in, getting in on the Homeland Security money. Absolutely. This is a threat name, in, um, which is the vast security state, which is – constructed wars and other attacks are and continue to be launched and trillions of dollars are transfer transferred to the private security and defense contracting industry at exactly the time that americans even as they face massive wealth and inequity are told that they must sacrifice basic economic security because of budgetary constraints and this is a real problem when you talk about americans having to pay for a bunch of what bearcat um hundreds of 9 ton bearcat armored vehicles that's not creating jobs i mean yes the people that are creating the bearcats are having their jobs but you know the when the government spends money it's an inefficient use of it so that money could have been used in the economy for people you know to build houses or you know buy cars or whatever it is that they're doing things that are actually used these bearcats are sitting somewhere getting dusty they're not being used for anything they aren't needed Despite of these increasing economic insecurities, actually precisely because of them, the sprawling domestic security state continues unabated. The industry journal National Defense Magazine uh, today trumpets homeland security market vibrant despite budget concerns. I mean, the bureaucrats are happy with the way the budget's going. When you start asking questions about people who live in and around Washington, D.C., and then you ask um, questions about the economy outside of Washington, D.C., you get entirely different answers. Because people who live in the Beltway have no idea what it's like out here trying to support their massive security state apparatus that really is not doing anything to protect anybody. It details how budget cuts mean homeland security growth may not be as robust as once predicted, but Lockheed Martin, General Dynamics, Boeing, and Northrop Grumman have been winning more contracts from DHS. As a Boeing spokesman put it, you'll still continue to see domestically significant investment on the part of the government and leveraging advances in technology to stand up and meet those emerging threats and needs. Of course, the key to sustaining this security state bonanza, profit for private industry and power for security state officials, is keeping fear levels among the citizenry as high as possible. And this is how they really sell it. It's the people that are scared that demand the protection as if the government can truly provide it. It's a, sh- it's a shame that I don't fall into that category, yet I still have to pay in. Right. If you're scared, you should pay. That's really how it all boils down to it. Why in the world, if I'm not scared of this existential threat that you're talking about, the one that uh, killed eight Americans overseas, um, which is, what, a a quarter, a, a third of the amount of people struck by lightning overseas, Americans overseas struck by lightnings. I mean, <laughs> this is it's just absolutely ludicrous. You can't and you can't point to anything really as a terrorist threat to Americans on home, on, you know, domestic soil. If you were to even claim that 
there is a threat and that we need to continue, the FBI needs to continue what it's doing, it's the only one that's producing anything. The FBI is producing its own results, the things that it creates, but it's the only thing that's producing anything. The rest of this Homeland Security stuff is doing nothing. Of course, the key to sustaining the security state bonanza, profit for private industry and power for security state officials is keeping fear levels among citizenry as high as possible. Excuse me. Um, the National Defense expressly notes that uh, that this is accomplished by fixing, fixating even in minor and failed attacks, each one of which is immediately seized upon to justify greater expenditures, expansion of security measures, and further erosion of rights. They're claiming here in National Defense Magazine that this is accomplished by fixating on these small failed attacks. Even when the attacks do go off and the, the FBI does miss them, it's private citizens that, that pick up on this stuff. Remember, the FBI and the CIA and whomever knew about the terrorist attacks on 9-11 and did nothing about it. I've, I've heard this before. It, it's the truth. I mean, you can look it up. They had the information. And they've, you know, the, maybe these organizations are the worst people to be ch- tracking these folks down. Maybe there are better organizations for handling this kind of thing. Maybe people wouldn't want to attack us and kill us if the U.S. government wasn't going around the world and occupying their nations, paying off their dictators, and having troops on the ground. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond, TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Zlobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's the SACL toll-free call-in line. What is SACL, you ask? SACL CAI. It's a company that handles accounts receivable for businesses. They do collections, early out billing. They purchase charged off receivables. The principal over there, Jason Osborne, is a big supporter of Liberty, big supporter of Free Talk Live. He believes in uh, handling collections and accounts receivable in a manner that is, uh, well, entirely different in the area of uh, collections. He does it with respect. He knows that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. It's SACL CAI. Their banner is the top one on the right-hand side of the page at freetalklive.com. Let's go back. And this is Mark. And Julia. Let's go back into this article we were reading here, Julia. Um, this is uh, from informationclearinghouse.info. And it's sort of a blog post with, uh, you know, talking about different articles around the nation, putting them together. And I think it's uh, it really just points out how, you know, the the giant security apparatus is a big waste of money here in the United States. Polls still show that there's an increasing public concern about another terrorist attack. It's this fear of an unrealistic American perception of risk that will continue to propel some aspects of the market, analysts say. Small-scale attacks, whether successful or not, will continue to prompt additional spending. 
the market analysts at Homeland Security Research Corp. say. They point to the failed 2009 Christmas plot of a man trying to blow up a flight to Detroit with explosives sewn into his underwear and the attempted car bombing in Times Square early the next year. Though unsuccessful, these events led to immediate White House intervention, congressional hearings, and an airport screening upgrade costing more than $1.6 billion. Now, remember, this is the airport screening software that, uh, well, they sh- they told us. They, they had this, this picture on the Internet that was this mock-up of how this software is going to allow them to see underneath people's clothing and stuff like that. It was an artist's rendition. This, these things can't even see really under your clothes. Really? Really. The, um, the, the, the TSA tested with their own red team, because this is the only organization that can test the TSA and not go to prison, five times out of five at the Dallas airport. Now, you don't get every story on this. The fact is that the red teams uh, doesn't publish their findings. These have to be leaked and they get out in the newspaper and stuff like that. But every time we've seen a story, the TSA has missed 80%, 75%, 90% of guns, knives, and bombs that they tested themselves on. In this case, it was five times out of five. So it's 100%. 100%. They tested a woman, same agent, same gun, same airport, several different of the screening locations. They missed her five times out of five in the same airport. You're talking about the brand new body scanner. scatter radiation, naked scanner things. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. The picture that they showed us on the internet before these things came out was a damned lie. And, I don't even know what to say about that. Right. I mean, it's it's stunning. And it just keeps... The, the, the hits just keep on coming, folks. I mean, you just can't believe the the way that we the the gullibility of the american people the ability of the 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 politicians to lie to, to they just believe whatever they're told by their bureaucratic assistants their bureaucratic assistants are paid off by the lobbyists the lobbyists are ex-politicians that now have sway it's amazing and it ain't going to slow down i don't think the tea party can do anything about it i think the the closest to slow it down the only thing you can do is elect ron paul for president. And that's only going to slow it. I think that the government would probably, probably, could possibly continue to grow under Ron Paul, but he would try his best to make it stop. Um, you know, maybe maybe there would be some kind of dip, but it's not going to dip very far because this thing's so large. And so uh, there'd have to be an entire sea change in the American people. And, you know, maybe the Tea Party to some extent uh, indicates that some people are willing to change, but. They're not willing to change enough because the same people that say, oh, we want lower spending are the same same ones that are saying we got to be protected from the terrorists. We can't stop bombing their houses over there. My God, if if we stop bombing their houses, they'd want to attack us. But they're attacking us now. Well, I don't care. We got to stop them. I mean, these these same sort of uh, circular logic that these folks use. They're never going to you can't get out of this mire. This is the problem with democracy, people. This is the problem with a representative democracy like we have. It just it's going to do this. It's going to explode over this period of time. Yeah, the Constitution was a great piece of paper. It made this uh, made this country, you know, have the oldest government on Earth. But I think it's time has come. I think it's over. It's long. It's long overdue. Yeah, I think that the United States government is going to spend itself into insolvency and the death throes are not going to be pretty for the American people. 
Nobody seems to want to look at this. They're like, oh, well, we can't have Barack Obama. He's not even a citizen. Oh, we can't have Rick Perry. He's, you know, I mean, just the argument goes back and forth. It's the same argument. The, the mainstream media can't even can't even figure it out. They're calling the Tea Party a phenomenon. The Tea Party is kind of a watered down phenomenon. I'll give you that. Uh, let's see here. Um, the L.A. Times, while skillfully highlighting these wasteful programs, depicts them as some sort of unintended inefficiencies. That's exactly what they're not. None of this is unintended or inefficient. It's ex- achieving exactly the purpose for which it was designed. That's true for two reasons. First, this wastefulness is seen as inefficient only if one falsely assumes that its real objective is to combat terroristic threats. That's not the purpose of what the U.S. government does. As Daniel Weeks explains today, the Congress, contrary to popular opinion, is not broken. It's working perfectly for its actual owners. Or, as he put it, Washington isn't broken. It's fixed. Fixed by, like, fixed like a card game. Our problem today is not a broken government, but a uh, beholden one. A government is uh, government is more beholden to special interest shareholders who fund campaigns than it is to ordinary voters. Like any sound investor, the funders seek nothing more, nothing less than a handsome return. Deficits be darned to the fixed, uh, excuse me, in the form of tax breaks, subsidies, and government contracts. The L.A. Times and most people who denounce these spending inefficiencies have. The causation backwards. Fighting terrorism isn't the goal that security spending is supposed to fulfill. Security spending, the power vested by surveillance, is the goal itself. And terrorism is the pretext for it. For that reason, whether the spending efficient, whether spending efficiently addresses a terrorism threat is totally irrelevant. Second, while the uh, security state has little to do with addressing a ostensible terrorist threat, it has much to do with targeting perceived domestic and political threats, especially threats brought by social unrest from austerity and growing and the growing wealth gap. It, also, the threats from uh, Tea Partiers and Ron Paul folks. These are people who are absolutely a threat to the state. This alternate article by Sarah Jaffe entitled How the Surveillance State Protects the Interest of the Ultra-Rich compiles much evidence, including what I offered two weeks ago. Uh, this is the, the blogger here at informationclearinghouse.info, demonstrating that the prime aim of the growing surveillance state is to impose domestic order, preserve prevailing economic prerogatives, and stifle dissent and anticipated unrest. Pointing out disparities between surveillance programs and the terrorist threat is futile because they're not aimed at that threat. The British government, for instance, is continuing its efforts to restrict social media in the wake of poverty-fueled riots that plague the country. This just goes to prove it, folks. Got a little bit more here. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com.
Free Talk Live, 855-453. It's a SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. If you're a cigarette smoker, I was too for many years, you know that it's not very healthy for you. Some doctors would say chances of him killing you are quite high. There's a healthier option, 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save eh, about $120 a month. So that's an already a, a, a significant saving. And that's, what, twelve, uh, $1,500 a year maybe? Getting close to $1,500 a year? It tastes better. No more ashtray mouth, no more smell, no more secondhand smoke. You can use it just about any, anywhere. And you can get a free starter kit if you want to use this, uh, get this e-cigarette. You can get a free starter kit. Remember that the e-cigarette made by Vaporsmiths is a superior product to the vast majority of them out there. Many of these e-cigarettes in the market are kind of chintzy and the vaporizer isn't very big, doesn't allow you to get a very big pull. Vaporsmiths has a significantly larger vaporizer, and um, so you're, you're, this free starter kit is a real value. You can purchase 40 cartomizers. Uh, I think it's uh, $69.99 with the uh, coupon code FTL. And since that is over $60, you'll also get free shipping. All orders over $60 get free shipping. So you get a free starter, shit, starter kit and free shipping. <laughs> you know, if you put the word, the word uh, kit and shipping together, you get a funny little word that you're not allowed to say on the radio. Yeah. Um, with the purchase of 40 cardomizers, use coupon code FTL, or you can call 855-2-GET-VAPOR, vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR, vaporsmiths.com. Now, I was I started reading this article from informationclearinghouse.info and I read it through earlier today and I didn't understand something. I thought that this article was a um an article that was written by the guy at informationclearinghouse.com.info, excuse me. But in fact, this is a Glenn Greenwald article from salon.com that's being reprinted here. So it's one of those news aggregator mistake things and I'm terribly sorry folks. This is Glenn Greenwald. No wonder I like the article because I'm a big fan of his. I um, tried to get him on the phone, but he's a, you know I mean, tried to get him uh, on the on the show, but he's a pretty popular guy. So anyway, the British government, for instance, is continuing to um, its efforts to restrict social media in the wake of the poverty fueled riots that plagued that country. As New York Times reports today, it is secretly meeting with representatives of Twitter, Facebook, and the company that owns BlackBerry to discuss voluntary ways to limit or restrict the use of social media to combat crime and periods of civil unrest. That I'm just going back here. The British government is trying to limit the use of Facebook and Twitter and BlackBerry. Um, Why? Because they, you know, just like in Egypt, they see it as a um, threat to their power. Instead of quote unquote ruling the people in a way that is responsible and helpful and so perhaps Respectful. efficient, efficient and you know good and just. They just want to shut down uh, social media. When the, when the people get so angry that they're rioting in the streets, these politicians are suddenly – suddenly they care about order at that point. When their own and lobbyists and politicians and bureaucrats are stealing the public blind, I don't care about uh, law and order at that point. No big deal. But when people are finally fed up with it, that's when we got to break out the troops. Got to limit the internet. The revelation prompted taunting – condemnations of British tyranny from China and Iran, both of which have been routinely excoriated for surveillance abuses and Internet suppression by the ty- uh, of the type increasingly common in the West. 
So, <laughs> um, in order to handle uh, civil unrest, the British government and, frankly, other, you know, the United States government too, I'm sure, if they, uh, the opportunity arose, they'd do it, are simply getting more and more like China and Iran. Wonderful. Meanwhile, much of the anti-terrorism weaponry in the U.S. ends up being deployed for purposes of purely domestic policing. As the L.A. Times notes, those aforementioned Bearcats, these are these armored tank vehicles complete with turrets, are now deployed by a pr- police across the country. The arrests of methane, methamphetamine dealers and bank robbers these days often look much like a tactical assault on insurgents in Baghdad. This is just the militarizing of the police here in the United States. I mean, you know, it, 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 we used to have rules against posse cumitatis in this country, which means that troops couldn't be used against the American people. But if the cops wear helmets like the troops do, and they carry guns like the troops do, they wear flak jackets like the troops do, they wear boots like the troops do, they ride in vehicles like the troops do, they fly unmanned drones over American cities like the troops do. They have uh, unmanned drones that can uh, taser and shoot suspects now. What is the difference between calling them the military and calling them the police? Yes, I know on the flak jackets they say police. I understand that. They could say ice cream, (laughs) for God's sake, and that wouldn't make these people any less like a military it's terrifying. I mean, it really it really seems like this country's just turning into a militarized state. And you'll find that many people around the world, I think domestic I think that international air flights and domestic air flights are both down around 30% since the 9/11 attacks. And frankly, they're dropping. People using airlines are dropping. The population in the United States is going up, but people using air, airplanes is dropping. Why is that? The reason is, is because people don't want to be groped. They don't want to have to go through this cattle line. They don't want to have to deal with the uh, the, 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 the wry eye, the, the jaundiced eye of TSA agents looking over <laughs> all their stuff in a, in a fashion of what are you doing here and you and your stuff. These my wife, when we were trying to take Jack on the airplane, my God, you got to have the, the car seat. You got to have all the baby stuff. It takes 20 minutes to get through the tsa when you've got baby formula and all this other stuff how many i can't tell you how many stories we've read about moms and um, people caring for old folks imagine imagine for a second trying to get through a tsa scanning line with a colostomy bag and a wheelchair people just try to imagine what that's like Try to imagine what it's like carrying around your excrement in a bag because your body doesn't work as well as it used to. And then having somebody, you know, annoyed because they have to do this and then, you know, going through all your stuff. I mean, it's embarrassing. This is terribly embarrassing. And what has it done? What has it wrought? What terrible? Tell me the name of the terrorist, the one terrorist that the TSA has caught. There isn't one. There's not one. They've taken away a lot of uh, liquids and yeah. lotions, though, and tossed a lot people. of bottle and a lot of bottles and a lot of toothpaste. Um, they've driven up the cost of, of water bottles at the airport because now you can't bring your own water onto the airplane. You've got to you got to throw that away and then get new water ac- across the thing uh, across the aisle there. So that drives up the costs. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And Americans, go, well, actually, Americans are getting less and less. They're putting up with it, but they're voting with their feet. 
They say, you know, even people that'll say, I'm not willing to ride on an airplane anymore, won't, won't call for the dissolution of the TSA. Because, well, they think, well, we need to have this. No, I'm not going to go on there. I hate being poked and prodded and treated like a jerk or whatever. And what does this do? As there's fewer flights, that's demand going down. <laughs> that's going to tr- drive well, the cost up. I don't know. My mom, I recently had to go down for a family reunion to New York, and my mom had flown up from South Carolina, and she said that now they're charging for bags. Like, yeah. every bag you bring on is an additional, like, 30 bucks or something like that. So carry-on, too. So because the the cup. Co- the amount of tickets that they're selling is going down. They're just adding fees because they have to make their money somehow. And that's exactly what it is. is and my trying- mom sent her stuff up with someone who was driving and didn't take anything on the plane because <laughs> right. she didn't want to pay it. Right. It was 50 bucks to put a, to check a bag or whatever it yeah. is. And, you know, it's I, I, I can see why they're doing this. This makes a certain amount of sense from, to me. From a business perspective, it yeah. makes sense. Because, I mean, you know, often I don't check bags either. I don't like to check bags, and no. so therefore I'm essentially paying for checking two bags that I don't check, but I almost always, almost exclusively uh, fly Southwest, which is cheaper anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Generally, it's cheaper. I mean, certainly there are uh, cheaper airfares from other airlines, but you have to keep an eye out for them. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. Spendbitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From spendbitcoins.com, you can spend your bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend bitcoins, go to spendbitcoins.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453, SACL toll-free call in line. Might be able to sneak you in here. It's possible, I suppose. Incentives matter. Professor Angela Dills explains that incentives help economists predict individual behavior. It's difficult to determine all the ways a a policy affects people's incentives and changes people's behaviors, but a good economist looks at not only the obvious incentives created by a policy, but also the less obvious effects. And Angela uh, Dills here really lays it down on how there can be detrimental effects to public policy. This is one of several uh, videos I've picked at uh, learnliberty.org slash FTL to you know, create a basis, a foundation um, of uh, liberty for people and just makes it very easy for folks to understand. These videos are are awesome. Go take a look at this video by uh, Professor Angela Dills and many of these other videos, too, at LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. Share them with your friends. Share them on Facebook. This is how you do it. This is how you educate people because you can't you're not going to you're not going to educate people by electing people. You're not going to educate them by doing civil disobedience. This it, the foundation is education, and this is one of the ways you can do it. LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. So if you like listening to Mark and myself, if you like our beautiful voices here, <laughs> and you'd like to support Free Talk Live, uh, there's two ways you can do that. One is shop.freetalklive.com. If you are planning on buying stuff on Amazon.com, uh, it's exactly the same as Regular Amazon.com, but Free Talk Live gets a percentage. So if you're going to do the shopping anyway, 
shop.freetalklive.com. And the other is the AMP program, stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It's just $3 a month, and it goes towards helping spread FTL, basically. And uh, less than a cup of coffee. There you go. Amp.freetalklive.com. Hard to argue with that. And, you know, right now, with uh, Ian being in jail, the fact is that Free Talk Live needs all the support it can get. Amp.freetalklive.com, because we have to pay more people to do more stuff because Ian isn't doing it. (laughs) Um, We've got Nick in Illinois on the line here, but I want to finish up the last couple of sentences to this article by Glenn Greenwald. Drones are used in the drug war and to patrol the border. Here in the United States, surveillance measures originally justified as necessary to fight foreign terrorists are routinely turned far more often inward. The NSA, created with a uh, taboo against domestic spying, now does it regularly. Exaggerating, manipulating, and exploiting the terrorist exploiting the terrorist threat for profit and power has been the biggest scam of the decade. Only Wall Street's ability to make the government prop it up and profit from the crisis it created at the expense of everyone else can compete for that title. Nothing has altered the mindset of the American citizenry more than a decade's worth of fear mongering. So compelling is fear based propaganda, so beholden are our government institutions to these private security state factions and so unaccountable is the power bestowed by these programs that even a full decade after the only terrorist attack on u.s soil its growth continues more or less unabated let's go to nick in illinois nick you're on free talk live hello i've got uh, some prepared material here i'll try to go fast because it's getting close to the end uh mark a few segments ago you said that consumption is how you grow an economy that is the basis of Keynesian economics, and directly opposes the teachings of Austrian economics. Wait a second. What kind of co- what kind of economy do we have? Huh? Oh, oh, you're ta- so you were talking about the economy we have. Now. Isn't that the case? I mean, if you want the econ- the economy, and I did say the economy, as I recall. I mean, I, it popped up in my mind as I said it, Nick, and I understand where you're coming from. Okay. That um, that it, you know, this is true, and I'll let you give explain the difference here, as I think it's important. But I wasn't advocating for it in that sense. I, I'm not advocating for the economy as we have it today. I do know, however, how this economy will grow, and this economy will grow through consumption. And if you have more people, they will consume more things, and that will put the economy back on track. Was that really growth? Well, uh, here's here's the material. It is have. keeping the balls in the air, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, if if that's really what we want. I well, I, the, the fact is, I do want that. Um, I mean, I yes, I want the economy to continue going along. I would like it to see it return to a more moral basis. But the fact is, essentially, you have the 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 you know, I more or less have the option of the economy failing and them starting a new Keynesian economy, or the economy staying afloat and the current Keynesian model. Uh, here's the thing. It's it's why do people need jobs? They need jobs because things cost money, and the amount of money they need equals the money it costs to pay for what they need to survive. And because the amount of money you get from your job is proportional to the amount of value your work provides to your employer or client, then the cheaper things are in real terms, the less valuable you need to be to the person you're working for in order to make enough money to survive. So as things get cheaper because of more efficient production, people don't need to work as hard to be valuable enough to earn enough money to survive. We see this in how jobs have changed over time. Most people now have jobs that are less crucial to human existence than what we used to do. Most people used to be farmers, but now just a tiny proportion of the workforce are farmers, while everyone else are receptionists, cashiers, psychologists, all serving far less pressing needs than growing food or building shelters. Makes sense. And they they make more wealth in real terms than those farmers did. So when an illegal immigrant is hired to work for peanuts to pick fruit, that brings down the price of fruit, which in turn means that all fruit eaters in America don't have to work as hard to afford that fruit, which in turn makes it easier for those unemployed workers 
to find work that pays well enough for them to live on. Now, to take this to its natural extent, what would be the best situation would be if jobs could be made entirely optional because we've reached such a state of technology to where people can provide everything they need for themselves without having to work. So they basically think- have made jobs optional in this economy. I mean, you can choose to just go on welfare. <laughs> well, You'll survive. Uh, I don't know if that's really uh, – everybody can't do that. Um, but I say bring on the food replicators, bring on the 3D printers, because the less need there is, the better off Indeed. I think that we're, you know, I with with the, the, the 3D printer technology where I saw them make on TV a uh, adjustable wrench with uh. a 3D printer, I mean, you know, I, I think that pretty soon you're not going to be buying stuff at uh, hard goods at stores like Home Depot and Walmart because you'll just have a gizmo that will make them for you. But, like, with picking fruit, like, with illegal immigrants, uh, isn't it, like, the fact that illegal immigrants buy stuff is actually uh, uh, bad on the whole, because if we could have machines that could do that, then it wouldn't take any resource, it wouldn't take as many resources to support uh, the, the fruit pickers. So wouldn't it be better for the economy on the whole if those jobs were completely eliminated thanks to advances in technology. Indeed, but you I mean that's not something we can do tomorrow. Whereas um, what we can do tomorrow is let free people cross the borders of uh, f- supposed free countries freely and earn for themselves a better living, right? Oh yeah, I mean that's I mean that's better than that's better than paying more for uh, a local US resident with all the taxes and regulations that apply. For me, it's not just an issue of economics, because if it was just an issue of economics, then we could we were we would be looking at people as commodities. And I don't look at people as commodities. I think that it's important that um, free people be able to cross borders freely. And I think it's also important that people that are unemployed realize that their um, unemployment, they didn't no one's taking their job. They don't have a job. If it's the employer's job and it's, you know, just as I mean, nobody complains about those darn high school kids coming in here and working for less, mostly because high school kids stink at work. But, um, you know, it's important that people be doing jobs that are actually providing value to someone instead of just make work. Indeed. I, I, I would not advocate make work at all. Um, but, you know, at, at the same time, <laughs> I think that the, the best thing to do is, is human freedom, and that will result in more efficiencies in the marketplace, an increase in technology, and you'll get faster to an, uh, a point in time when you don't need to cultivate food out of the ground. It can somehow be squished out of a machine created by nutrient particles or whatever it is that they're going to do. I love that thing on the replicator on Star Trek because I really do think they're going to have something just like that relatively soon. They'll have food that is as good for you as eating a uh, a broccoli smoothie um, that tastes like a hot fudge sundae. So you'll be able to eat whatever you want, but it'll still be good for you at the same time. And this is another reason why I get um, you know that that I think that people that are all upset with big agra um, you know are pointing their fingers kind of in the wrong direction when they when they're concerned with Monsanto creating Franken food. I think in fact. The, you have to have uh, – in order to have steps in the right direction, you're going to have to – they have to try new things. So these GMOs, they have to be tried out. That doesn't mean that I like the the, uh, the intellectual property aspect or how Monsanto works hand-in-hand hand with the government or some of the immoral ways that they produce this food. But I do think that you you know in order to see increases in technology, you're not going to get from here to the replicators by stifling innovation. 
Mm-hmm. And that's all I have. Bye. That, thank you, Dick. Thanks for the call. He was prepared. Yeah, he does. He, um, he, he prepares when he calls in. <laughs> Free Talk Live. It's been Mark with you. And Julia. You know, I, I tend to... Um, I, I tend to not want to look at these situations in entirely economic terms. There's a real human term to it. Yeah. And it's, it, it, you know, there's there's tragedy on all sides of this. When If you've spent your life being a carpenter, I can see why you want to continue to be a carpenter. And it stinks that somebody will come in and do carpentry work for 66% of what you would do it for. But that's life. The economy changes. Sad is Sad but true. You're not entitled to that job. Free Talk Live. <laughs> 